Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton, which of course just Chris today, um, but Chris Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And as you know, I always say that we have a great show for you. We've got Stephen Hogan coming on today. He's doing some great things out there and we're excited to hear parts of his story and talk some music and see where this goes. So Stephen, it's our pleasure to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. And just a quick correction, it's actually Stefan. However, Stephen. most most ah. people most people read it as Stephen. Ah, and you know what? I I read it, reread it, and I said, like, yeah, that that would be Stephen, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? <clears throat> doing good. So. As you know, this year has been a crazy year for the music industry and entertainment in general. Um, so how has COVID affected you musically? And what are you doing to maneuver through that? That's a good question. I, I've getting, got asked that question a few times. And I think all of us musicians are hungry to get out and play live again. Um, the one thing that it has done is given me the ability to kind of look inward and mm -hmm. focus on songwriting and trying to be creative in spite of the uh, lack of live performance opportunities. <laughs> that's just like you know when we launched this show it was before covid um you know bc before covid <laughs> and um <clears throat> it was january 10th i mean january 3rd we launched and our original plan was 100 interviews our first year we thought if we did that not too many hosts can say they did 100 interviews our first year yeah. and then covid happens and i told my wife i was like man you know this could be an opportunity in disguise for us we you know this could be our silver lining I mean, although we hate that COVID happens, but artists are going to need a place to talk. They're going to need a place to rant or whatever. We're going to give them that platform. And Love because that. of that, you're like number 290 now. Oh, wow. That's insane, man. <laughs> so, it's, uh, you know, so one day if we are the size of a Bobby Bones or a Ty Bentley or a Ryan Seacrest, we're going to be able to look back and say, you know what? Our show blossomed because of COVID. Yeah, man, that is a good silver lining. So, you know, just, we, you know, we all, in life, we always got to do something to try to find that silver lining. And for our show, we have. So before we really dig into your story, um, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Mm. I like to travel. I like to. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite things is just going and experiencing travel and music goes together. Right. That is very true. I love food. I love wine. I love coffee. I love friends and uh, I like to take pictures. I like taking, um, you just taking the camera beautiful places, you know? Mm. And one of the things that I used to do a lot more was golf. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I golf a lot growing up, but I'm That's pretty simple outside of music. I just, you know, spending time with my wife, going beautiful places, being by the ocean. That's really, that's it for me, man. And you know, we're planning on moving to Nashville next year. And we live in Savannah right now. And that's, I'll be honest, that's my hardest part is we can jump in the car and go to the beach. Yep. Um, you know, I've been in Savannah. I'm 49 now. I've been in Savannah since 14 years old. And I'm a coastal guy. You know? <laughs> so that's probably my hardest. Again, there's so many more pluses for Nashville than, than for Savannah. So we're definitely moving. But that's going to be my hardest thing is – to find kind of that atmosphere like a coast. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm a coast guy myself. Growing up in California, I was two hours from the ocean and an hour from the mountains. And so saying goodbye to that and hello to humidity and rainy summers was a bit of a 
adjustment for me. Well, we're used to the humidity because Savannah's got it worse than Nashville. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's an upgrade for you on the humidity end. Now, Greg, I'll be honest. I thought, I thought, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna lose our hot summers. Yes, we'll gain cold winters because I'm not used to that. But I was like, we'll lose our hot summers. And then last year, I'm watching Nashville and Savannah weather, and I'm sitting there like, okay, we're not losing our hot summers. <laughs> but I think you're froze. Am I okay. back? Up. Your picture's froze, but you are still talking. I can hear you. Up oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry about this for everyone that's listening. I just got a new house out in the country. I'm on six acres, and they just installed the uh, internet recently, and it's been a little shoddy out here getting things to work right, so I apologize for the technical error. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so, you know, everybody always asks, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I like to go deeper than that. When did it click for you that this could be a career? Hmm. Well, I think those are kind of synonymous for me personally. Mm -hmm. uh, I always knew since a young age that this is what I was going to do. Oh, wow. And even my freshman year of high school, we had to do a career report. And I said I wanted to be a rock star. And the my teacher didn't like that <laughs> very much and failed me, man. I got an oh, F wow. on that project. But I just knew then, you know, and I would say that there was never a moment where it clicked for me. Mm -hmm. It was just a continuous yeah. clicking, you know, I just knew it was just in my blood It's like what I was meant to do, you know, and I'm lucky yeah. to have found that because not everybody has something that they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. and I think people some. And you're froze again, I think. <laughs> you gotta love technology, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Here we are. Yep. But yeah, you're so right. And you know, I really hate it when you got whether it's um adults, teachers, people in of influence that they have that attitude like, oh, you're gonna be a musician. Oh, so I'll fail you. And, and, you know, that I just don't understand that, you know, and I guess part of me does understand that because, again, sometimes people, they see Blake Shelton and they see the broke brother-in-law, but they don't realize that there's actually many levels in between. There's many people living on music that they will never know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, it and is a bummer. It's missing. Yeah, man. It's a bummer. I feel like the whole education system trains people to not want to pursue their dreams yeah well it trains them to work a job yeah it tra trains them and again i'm probably gonna get some hate on this one but it trains them to just be average yeah i felt man i never graduated high school i i uh i knew what i wanted to do mm -hmm. and i remember my last report card i had three a's and three f's wow and i had a I had an A in AP music and in jazz band and then in uh, intermediate guitar. And then I had an F in English, math, and science. Because <laughs> I put all my energy into the music thing. However, I yeah. do have an appreciation for education. I went on yeah. to get a couple of associate's degrees. 
oh, one, cool. one in commercial music. But yeah, just the education system isn't for everybody in terms of really championing. Yeah. Training. You know, they want to create people that can be in the workforce, which I get. And it's important And people that, you know, I have great friends that excel in school and that's their thing. And mm -hmm. for me, I wasn't one of them. I wasn't either, you know, I mean, I think I, for English, you know, I was, in, you know, it's funny because, of course, in high school, it's like you could have part 11th grade, part 10th grade and part 9th grade subjects because of how it works out. And I remember in English, I took English in 9th grade, took English in 10th grade, took English in 11th grade, and all three was the exact same teacher. <laughs> Crazy, man. That's how I was with math. I took pre-algebra from 7th grade all the way through my junior year of high school, pre-algebra, pre-algebra every year. And like, you said, and like you said, education can be a good thing if you're going to, if I mean, if your dream is to be a doctor, well, you have no choice. If your dream is to be a lawyer, you have no choice. I just wish the, you know, that people would realize that we all have choices. And you know what, if we choose not, not to go the education route, we're not lower class than they are. Because that's what I'm finding people are doing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The interesting thing about the music business is I've never mm -hmm. once been, I've never once been asked, like, where did you go to school? You know, because it, <laughs> it's, it's all performance based. Are you yeah. good? Can you write songs? Can you play? In, can you play your instrument? Are mm -hmm. you like, kind to other people? Do you get along with, you know, those are the things that are really important when it comes to like uh, the arts, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and speaking of music, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not just to get to their level, but to get to even a career level within music. And I always want to talk about that because I want people to see the rawness of the artist because it's not it's, it's not all glory like people think it is. There's so much work involved. And I'll tell a quick story to help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison what advice she would give an up-and-coming artist. I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. But if your heart will allow you to do anything, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career... Everybody pretty much owns a piece of your life from that point on. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But you have, when you're at the beginning of your career, you're grinding this thing out. You can't say no to a gig and you can't be one of those that cancel a gig once because there's people on the line once you've got a gig. And a lot of times friends and relatives don't understand that side of it. Um, then on top of that, your family has a sacrifice because they have to let you go out that door and do your thing, so to speak. So they have to sacrifice. So there's so much sacrifice involved because of that. But she added, if you cannot see yourself doing anything outside of music, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that you have to have uh, the passion. And I think that you have to be certain that it's what you want to do. Yeah, and that's what you're meant to do, and only you will know that. Yeah, you, know? you can't do it because you want someone else to do, or because uh, someone else wants you to. You got to do it because it is the driving force and driving compass of your soul. And for me, that's what it's been. 
and it's not glamorous and it's not easy. And I'm not at the point in my career where I feel like I am riding any kind of wave right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in the riptide, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> like waiting in, but it is hard <laughs> and it is uh, treacherous and mm-hmm. you kind of, you kind of, commit your whole life to something without really seeing a return on investment. And he, here I am, I moved, I quit my job in California that mm-hmm. was really well paying, left my friends, left my family, sold everything we had. My wife and I got in a Volkswagen Jetta, drove from California to Tennessee a little under two years ago to chase this dream that I've had my whole life. And it's, it's not easy, it's gritty and it's not glamorous. However, it's one of those things that like you quoted uh, if you can't see yourself doing anything else, it's what you have to do. And I love that. And I love the honesty of how hard it is because I don't think that sometimes people understand that. You know, you hear people talk about, you know, especially during this pandemic, well, they can just go get real jobs or regular jobs and, and you're, and people don't realize you've poured your heart into something almost all your life. It's not that easy just to go out and change directions when this is who you are. This is what you've become, you know, and because of course, because some people are like, well, just take the easier way out because to some people, the easier way would be just go get a nine to five and just be happy. But that's actually the harder way for a creative person. Yeah, I think so. I can't, I, I suck at working for somebody else, man. I'm not good at it. <laughs> Because I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I don't particularly like being told what to do either. So those two things together create it real, make it real hard for me to have a conventional or a regular job. And uh, man, that bum- I, I, I guess I get a little mildly perturbed when people say, you know, get a, a real job or a regular job. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, the proof is in the end when everything flushes out, the few that really stuck with it, you know, there's mm-hmm. people come to Nashville and leave every day. There's people that come yeah. here for a couple of years and bounce. My whole mentality is I'm here until the end, man. Like if it takes me 50 more years before I get where I want to go, well, I'll work another 50 years. And that's my mm-hmm. mentality. And I think it's kind of what you, where you have to be mentally yeah. uh, to, to be able to sleep at night, you know, and not go crazy. <laughs> and, you know, that's just like, you know, many times you listen to interviews of the big artists and the host always has one question that's the same. They're, you know they're always going to ask, if music didn't work, what would you be doing? And 90% of the time, the answer is always the same. I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. And the hosts are always taken aback because in this day and time, you've got to have a plan B, a plan C, D, D, A, E, F, all the way to Z. You know, And here it is. They don't understand as a creative. When, you know, if you have a plan, and I remember hearing one of the art, big artists say, because they said, because they were asked, well, what do, you, what do you mean you didn't have a plan B? And the artist said, well, this is what I mean. When you have a plan B, when the struggle comes, and every artist will have years of struggle, when that period comes, your plan B will become your plan A. If you don't have that, then guess what? You will get through those struggles. That's it, man. Dude, uh, the old proverb of the burn the ships and storm the island, man. That's my. That's it. How it is for me. 
<clears throat> now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, let's talk about the side that is fun. You know, what are some moments that you, you have in your career so far where you look back and like, wow, I got to do that? Um, a couple of them. Um, one thing that was a big affirmation for me was there was a, uh, one of the five finalists of this Guitar Center competition called On Stage with Vince Gill. And oh, wow. I believe it was a national guitar competition. There was thousands of entrants. And uh, so I was one of the five that got to go to L.A. and play with Gil. And then out of that, we got to go play with him and his band in Nashville. I got to play my original songs, and he backed me up with his band. And that was really cool. And so since then, I've kind of formed a relationship with his team, gotten to know Vince a little better. And so that was, that's was that been a big moment that was, uh, you know, you put all this time, you sit in your room with a guitar, you know, I got a guitar over on this couch back here somewhere and you play and you practice and you just bust your butt. And then you have these little things along the way that are affirmations that say, hey, good job, man. Like you're doing the right thing. You're headed in the right direction. And then this last year, I got to play my, my first time at the Bluebird Cafe. Uh, I played two times there and I did my first like songwriter spotlight there. And that was a cool moment to be like, wow, here I am. I've only been in Nashville a little over a year and I'm standing on this stage where you know, Garth Brooks got discovered and there's so many people that are in line to play there constantly. And the fact that that opportunity presented itself was another just cool affirmation. And I was, uh, I remember playing a song I had just written and seeing people cry. And I was like, man, this is, this is it. You know, when you can connect with someone as a songwriter and they put themselves in your song, that's the win, you know? Wow. So, so some, those are the couple of things that really stand out to me that have been really just an enjoyable part of the enjoyable side of this music thing. Now you said you got your guitar in the back. Would you be able to play something for us? Yeah, man. Sure. I'd be happy to. I forgot to ask before the show started. Cause usually I ask if they if the artist wants to, and I was like, Oh God, I forgot to ask. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to sing and play or just play the guitar? What do you want to hear? <laughs> Let's hear a song. Okay, let me if grab it. And, and whatever you're going to play, just tell us a little bit about the song, and the floor is yours. All right, sounds good. Yeah, I'll play it. Let me um, move my camera down a little bit. So I'll play you a song that kind of spurred. Are you still there, Chris? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Okay. I just made of, you full screen. Sweet. So this song's one of the first songs that I wrote on the album that I just released. Um, that's kind of like spurred the album off a little bit. It's a song called Nomad Melody. It's a traveling song. Oh, wow. And I uh, was living in California at the time and was planning to move to Nashville, but hadn't left yet. And I just remember feeling this pull. It's almost like a magnetic energy uh, to leave the state and just get out and be on the road. And I've always just loved traveling like i said earlier and so i want to write a song about it and there's a lot of uh road trip songs on this record and i want this one in particular to kind of almost have a little bit of a feel like some of the old country songs do this a lot yeah. it's a little one five is what it's called you'll hear a lot of like waylon jennings stuff or uh johnny cash did that a lot and i like classic country music so i want to capture a little of that feel in this song yeah so it's called Nomad Melody. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going as fast as I can drive. A thousand miles down the road to keep this dream alive. I know it's not this city or the next that has the best for me. But as long as I keep driving, got the whole damn world to see. So give me the highway, the music on, the windows down, it's my way. Give me the low way, I'll ramble through the desert, but I won't stay, because I'm free. Badlands to the Rockies, Mariposa singing this nomad melody. Nine to five, I did that grind every day, from 16 to 24. Oh yeah, I did. Then one day I just up quit my job, walked out and slammed the door. Freedom that I'm chasing, so a buckle up, hit play and turn the key. Get off to the next town with a guitar and this nomad melody. So give me the highway, the music on, the windows down, it's my way. Give me the low way. Rimble through the desert, but I won't stay, cause I'm free. Badlands to the Rockies, Mariposa. up like for about five seconds but then you came back <laughs> oh. in the middle of it all right at least it worked most of the way yeah it did work for the for like 90 percent of the song so all right <laughs> so um as you know a lot of people they see the artists but they don't see the pr people the managers the producers and i don't think they get enough love the team behind the artists so i always want to talk about that a little bit so if you want to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are, that would be awesome. Yeah, man. Well, Chris, that's a great question. But my uh, my current answer is kind of interesting. I'm working <laughs> with a PR person for the first time in my life this last oh, month. Wow. And outside of that, everything's I've done independently. And so I've kind of uh, 
had the creative freedom, I guess you could say. I do have a team that I work with on the music end. Um, I mm. produce and record all my own music myself, but I have a buddy, his name's Luke DeJanes, and he's an engineer that mixes all my songs and plays drums on most of them. And I couldn't do a lot of what I've done in terms of the releases without him. But it's a very, very small handful of people on the music side. And it's kind of been nice to do it the way I've done it because I have complete creative control. However, I look forward to the day when I do have a bigger team. Yeah. And, you know, like I always say, you know, I don't care if you have a team of one or a team of 300 like Justin Bieber has. A yeah. team is a team. And it's who you are right now that matters. Because, again, you'll get there and your team will grow because, you know, because you've got some people that I've talked with and they're like, well, I'll never have a team. I want to do it all myself. And you know that anybody that really believes that they'll make it to a point, but they're not going to go to the Justin Bieber level ever. I mean, that, that's impossible. You yeah. You have to have a team. Like I think a team comes in when, once you sign something, yeah. when you get to the point where you're signing either a, a, an artist development deal with a still hear me yeah doing things independently yeah and uh like i just haven't had that you know i i had a booking agent for a while um and that was about it you know to be able to get some gigs but i, I definitely see that coming up very soon in my career I've been having meetings. Yeah, I've been having meetings the last um, year and a half with uh, publishing companies, and I'm hoping to sign an artist development deal with one in particular in town oh, cool. uh, eventually. And you know, we've got a third party to our team. Of course, you ain't met Sandy yet because she's back with our 20 month. But we got an eight year old that we let come and ask one question to each guest, and I'm guess Sandy will be telling him to come in here in a minute because <laughs> um, this is his part now. Because um, awesome. we are a family affairs show. You love know? it. I just can't imagine, you know, a lot of people, they do things that divides the family. I'm like, if you can find a way to include your family, that's even more important to me. Oh, hundred percent. I love that. That's really cool. I'm excited to find out what I'm going to be asked. <laughs> I think I hear him coming. Yep. Here he goes. What's his name? It's Christopher. Christopher? Hi, Stefan. Hello, Christopher. How are you? Doing good. What's your favorite food? My favorite food. Is that your question? Yes. Well, let me tell you. Italian food, but I think I'll be a little more specific. Italian food, <laughs> but I really like pizza. <laughs> What's yours? Pizza. Oh, both of us love pizza? <laughs> hey, but let me tell you something else. I just went on this diet five days ago because COVID made me eat a lot more I just, at home. <laughs> so I just started this keto diet is what it's called. You can't eat pizza on it, and it's really making mm. it hard for me, man. Imagine not eating pizza. Ooh, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Christopher, that would not be good. <laughs> Good to meet you. Thanks for coming and saying hi. Oh, you're welcome. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, door. The door got stuck. <laughs> How cool. He's great on he's great on the camera too, man. He's taking after his dad. 
<laughs> Trying to train them young. And, you know, our 20-month-old, when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show, too. Because, again, you know, I want to include them into what we do. <clears throat> and and I get it. There are some professions you can't. But I think 90% of the professions out there that people do, you could include it. At least at least bring them to work and and let them see what mommy and daddy does. You know, because I think that could, could inspire them so much more than just telling them. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, I think that my goal is to be on tour here one of these days. And when I do, uh, my wife and I are not near ready to have kids yet, but when we do, I, it'd be fun to take them on the road with us, you know, and a lot of, a lot of country singers, I see them taking their kids out on stage with them and stuff. <laughs> I mean, like Carrie and, you know, and her husband and all that, they travel with, together and, and, yeah. you know, and that's the way, you know, again, the grinding part when you got a family has got to be the toughest. But when mm -hmm. you get to that point where you can bring the family along, that's when, okay, now the reward is there. You're still grinding, but now you're grinding with your family. Yeah. And I think that's a cool experience for the kids, too, to be able to travel and see things. And yeah, most definitely. So <clears throat> this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of what she's living now. So she knew where she was going. Mm -hmm. Knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Man, if I'm just being honest, I would like to be one of the top male. I'd like to be the top male country artist. Mm -hmm. But what I would like is to be, because the music that I'm writing is a little left of center in terms of pop country. Yeah. And I really uh, appreciate Chris Stapleton and what he's done for country music, bringing back some of the more rootsy feelings yeah. country music. And I love uh, the music that came out of Los Angeles in the 70s. And it's what I was raised and born on, learned to write music from. And to be able to take that and kind of, you know, contribute me, Stefan Hogan, to country music wow. is really what would be the goal. So to be a country artist on the radio with songs that are unique to me, that may be impacting other songwriters and um, what that looks like is me getting an artist development deal, signing a record deal, getting out on the road. And then hopefully, I mean, in five years having, you know, three, four number one songs. <laughs> and a lot what, can happen in a short time. What it, what happens is um, when it hits, it hits. You look at people yep. like Luke Combs and, yep. uh, you know, everybody thinks he's an overnight success, but he really not. He's been doing it for years. But the success mm -hmm. part happened quick. The success part happened. And I think it, it when it happens, it happens fast. There's a quote I like that is a uh, 90 percent of the fuel used to get a rocket into space is used to get it off the ground. And I think that's where all the work is done. And then yeah. once you start having some success, then success breeds success. But uh, it's definitely getting to that point where you are, you know, getting some momentum in your career. So, I mean, that's a, that's a career goal, but one of my big yeah. goals is to always be kind to people, you know, yeah. like no matter where I'm at. And I think the character side of the music business is as important as the, mm -hmm. you know, success behind the music business. I want to be developing relationships with people in the music business that are going to last a lifetime. I don't want to try to leverage people in the music business just because I know them. 
And I don't, you know, I'm saying it's really easy to do that. It's like, what can you do for me? So yeah. those things on a character side are just as important to me as on the achievement side. Yeah, and you talked about a while ago about the success of Luke Combs. And I, it's like I even look at Gabby Barrett, you know, just a couple of years ago, she took third on Idol. And everybody thought, you know, oh, she didn't win. So they kind of misjudged her at that point. And then she worked her tail off for the next year, gets signed. And then this year, she the, the, the chart just came out for the top 10 um, billboard um, country. And she had number one spot for 2020. Amazing. That's amazing, man. She beat out Blake Shelton. And, and all the other big artists. And here it is. She's just a newcomer. Yeah, that's it, man. And then Morgan Wallen's been crushing it, too. Yeah, I think he was fourth fourth on the list, if I remember correctly, on that list. And I feel like him. he... Yeah. yeah. There you go, though. But he's like... He put in the back... You know, he was on what? Uh, the Voice or something? Mm-hmm. But he's... I feel like the last few years had a bunch of consecutive number ones, which is what's happened with Luke. And I think when it happens, it happens. You know, you get on this streak. It's how a guy like Vince Gill has, I think, 20, 25 or 26 Grammys. Wow. Because you just, like, you start to get on a roll. And then, so anyway. It all that snowballs. Day, yeah, it does snowball. And I think anybody that, uh, I don't, I yeah, I want to be, I don't know. I've, I've thought a lot about it. And I think a lot of people probably have an answer similar to mine. But uh, I think when you're, choosing this career, you want to be successful yeah. and there's going to be some level of ego to be able to pursue a career as a performer. And that's kind of leads into my next question because my next question is always now let's look 10 years down the road and you are a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like you're there. <clears throat> if the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind him? It's hmm, a great question. Well, I'd hope that my future self would have, like I said, been kind to people and uh, maybe made a few mistakes along the way, but learned from it, <laughs> you know, and uh, is this what I'm telling my future self? Yeah, basically, it's you're talking to your 10 years, 10 year self down the road and you're remi- you're trying to remind him of some things. Yeah. And I would remind him of all the times when he worked really hard at writing a song or releasing it or went and played a show where nobody came and to kind of give him a perspective and be like, hey, man, look, this is where you started and look where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, be thankful, you know. I think that you're no matter where you're at in life, you're still going to have problems. And I would think that 10 years from now, I might have different kinds of problems than I, I do now. I think the bigger you get, the bigger your problems can get. And I would hope that, that I keep my head on my shoulders. So speaking of advice, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they've got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they have that it factor. <clears throat> let's say they played maybe 40 or 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. Um, but they've gotten on stage, like what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them. 
and they just know they're in the right place and they come to you and they say, I just know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next couple of years? Mm. That's a good question. I would, uh, I would probably say I would have, I'd have to evaluate where they're at. You know, um, if they're out gigging, I would find out, have you released music as yourself yet? You know, where are you at as a songwriter? Um, I think there's a lot of people in town that are underdeveloped in different areas. And I see it all the time at writers rounds where it's like someone that can, they might have a great voice, but their songs weak. Or they might be a good songwriter, but they're not really good at singing and they can barely play guitar. Or maybe they're a good singer, a great songwriter and an okay musician. So mm. I think the thing is evaluating what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses. Yeah. And I actually teach guitar lessons uh, and mentor a bunch of kids on music. I'm always working with them, trying to figure out what their strengths are and playing to it, but really trying to make sure that they're a well-rounded musician. Because I think in order to have a sustainable career and to have longevity, you have to be more than, than just one thing, you know? You have to be able to write songs and to be able to sing and in a lot of cases play. So I think it's important to really work on those elements to develop yourself as a musician before you move to Nashville because there's so mm. many people that get spit out by Nashville because they weren't prepared when they yeah. moved here. I love that answer. Um, really honest and authentic. So as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Yeah. Um, reach out to me on Instagram at Stephan Hogan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-H-O-G-A-N, or on Facebook, uh, any of those social media websites I'm on. And then my album, So Long California, just released, and it's on Spotify. I got um, the title track, So Long California. It's on the New Music Nashville playlist by Spotify right now, so you can go hear it there. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, I'd love to hear, because it's cool to be able to hear from people and to be able to meet people that are, being impacted by my music and you don't hear that every day. So reach out. Oh, is this, is this, do we get to meet someone? <laughs> oh, what a beauty. What's your daughter's <laughs> name? Pop in at the last minute here. Look. Hello. This is Caitlin. Caitlin and you're Sandy. I'm Sandy. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Pleasure <laughs> to meet you. Oh, same here. What a cutie. Say thank she, you. She's like, who is this guy with the long hair and the beard? <laughs> she's grinning. That's a good sign. <laughs> so she'll be the next, the next one in the lineup for up close yep. and her. Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep. To, to ask her question. <laughs> That's right. Just well, like brother. So you know, we we definitely enjoyed having you on the show today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Not a problem. No, no problem. And if you guys, you know, you're moving. When are you moving to Nashville? Either next year. Well, because of COVID, it may get yes. postponed for one. Because I'm like, why move if everything's yeah. still shut down? Well, so it's going to depend on. It's going to depend on how Nashville is by spring or summer. Yeah. Okay. If everything's pretty much back open, we're planning on moving. Well, the house I just got is great for entertaining people. So when you guys come to Nashville, you need to hit me up and I'll have you guys over and cook your dinner on my deck. I'll grill something. Oh, that sounds great. Sounds Absolutely. Great. Yeah, it'd be, we'll pick you up on that. It'd be great <laughs> to meet you guys in person. And hopefully I'll have a show or something you guys can come to also. I would love, <laughs> that. love that. Yes. 
All right. Well, you guys have a great holiday season. You, you too. too. Thanks again. Bye.